Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. This is Darren. And uh, you are listening to the very last episode, if you will, or uh, what I, don't know, I don't know another word for it, but installment. Here you go. Listening to the very last installment of the Ephesians series. As I'm going to wrap up uh, Ephesians on Sunday morning, and this podcast will drop on Sunday as well. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24. And today I have with me a special guest, Ty Griffith. What's up, Ty? Hey, Darren. How's it going? Remember, now, remember the last will be first. <laughs> Ty, is, uh, Ty and I podcast almost on a week, well, pretty much a weekly basis. Pretty much. We had this week off, which is very unusual. But uh, pretty much a weekly basis where we do, it's the Soma Bible Podcast. It's a Bible study podcast. You can look us up. Anywhere, you can find us here on newhopechurch.cc slash listen to, but uh, we're going to the Gospel of Mark, and a lot of people that teach Soma Bible studies around here are using that podcast ahead of time to prepare for their Bible studies, and hopefully people who are going through the Bible studies are listening to that podcast after they go through the particular text, but we're going through sections of Mark all the way through the Gospel of Mark, and it's been about a year, and we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, it's not done yet, but we're we're closing in. Uh, yeah, I think we're on the last of thirteen, so three more. What three more chapters? 14, yeah, fifteen, sixteen. So. Yeah, and I'm really debating, and this has nothing to do with Ephesians, but I'm just you know I haven't talked a little bit about this, but I'm really debating as to whether or not to do the last section of sixteen at all, because mm. there just really isn't very good manuscript textual evidence for that. But it's really interesting. But we, anyway, sorry. Side note: the reason <laughs> we're just setting the stage, trying to you know. Uh, what's your appetite for wanting to listen to our podcast? But Ty is joining me today because, and I'm just going to flat out say it for his benefit because <laughs> he's just so gracious coming at the last second because it really is the last second that we're here because not so much me, but for him because of the fact that my daughter Bethany was going to join me on the podcast and she has a sick kid and we just couldn't pull it off. And so I asked Ty, hey, would you bail me out? Because we're so used to Going, going back, back and, and forth. forth anyway. So thanks, Ty. Yeah, no problem. He's here. And we both kind of have allergies or colds going on. Yeah, I'm not sure. what. I think <laughs> I think everybody does. So, yeah. Yeah, we're fighting through it. So we're going to read. I'm going to have Ty read, if you would. And I, I usually use the English Standard Version, just so you know yeah. what we're reading out of. But it's Ephesians chapter 6. And we're starting with verse 10 and going through the end of the chapter to finish up Ephesians. Go ahead. One second. That's okay. Well, he's well, doing... my phone, my, I had it all up and my phone went back. So <laughs> here we go, starting at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the, in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on your belt of truth and having put on your breastplate of righteousness and shoes for your feet, having on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, in circumstances, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplication to the end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. See, so, well, let's, let's stop there. Okay. Because what we'll do, <clears throat> we're going to have two focuses. One is basically 10 through uh, 20, uh, and then the other one's 21 through 24. So we'll, we'll, we'll read that a little bit later. Hey, thanks. So, Ty, I'm just kind of curious, um, as, as far as just initial observations, I mean, this is a famous passage. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people have heard yes. this passage about the armor of God. So what's the, what are some of the very first thoughts that come to your head when you think of this passage? Well, my first thought is, uh, so you can look it up on, um, uh, um, there's, a, there's a cartoon called uh, Bible Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my kids used to watch that all yeah. the time. So that, that's, Willie Ames. That's the first thing that comes up to mind. Is Willie Ames, who used to be on Charles in Charge. Oh really? Yeah, I did not know Scott that. Scott Bayo. Well, we watched yeah. it. I found it on Pure Flix, and the girls, <laughs> the girls saw it. Like, what's that? We want to watch that. So, because he's got you know all of that's in the theme song. Like, yeah, the whole I think passage. some of that's actually on Right Now Media too. It might be. I think so. Yeah, I'm get, I'll have to check. You can it check out, that out. Yeah. Well, I'm getting ready to get rid of Pure Flix. So, okay. well, there you go. You can, maybe you can skip over there. Yeah, yeah, kid, yeah. Adults, you know, parents, you know, check out Right Now Media because there's lots of good kid stuff on there. Yeah, and if you don't. If you don't have right now media, all you got to do is go to newhopechurch.cc slash right now and sign up for free, and you get the whole thing free. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, that so that that that's where that's where I kind of come from or come with. And um, what was Bible Man? What was Bible Man? Yeah, what was that? So Bible Man is like this guy. He's a superhero essentially. He's got his own theme music and everything. So he used, basically God <laughs> God empowers Bible Man to stop uh, all these different. I want to call them demons, but um, that's right. There was like an evil character, and he was yeah. envy. It was like different. You know, the evil villains were like personified characters of sin, different sins, different basically. sins, and he stopped. And they were uh, attacking the children. And Bible man would use the power of God, essentially he would, you know, have verses and things and he'd bring a sword of truth and he would stop them from, you know, causing the children to sin, essentially. Was it theme of the, <laughs> yeah. of the show? That's awesome. So that's what you think of. When you, well, <laughs> you just say, I mean, Ty's like a Willie Ames in a costume. We, yeah, basically, because we, we need to, you know, you need to play the, if you play the theme music, it goes yeah. through that whole passage, you know, putting on the belt of truth and yeah, all of that. Yeah, and we've yeah. gotten into it to where we made belts of truth out of cardboard and different things. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was like a, it's, it's how Paul kind of really personified. I mean, he puts it in language of military kind of. G.I. Joe kind of stuff going on here. Yeah. In that regard. What else? Do you, what are, I mean, you've heard the term spiritual warfare. Yes. Yeah, and, so, I, and I've heard that a lot applied to this passage, which is applicable. Yeah. So there's a, so I've started to come to sin to a certain point of like, you know, um, I don't know if I'm just going to speak. So anybody that's ever felt the Holy Spirit speaking to them in that soft, still voice can tell when, the, whenever the devil or demons are coming in with their, it almost seems like it's coming from a different spot almost. And it's definitely a different tone. So um, I equate the sin that, or uh, demonic influences, devilish influences on us, which it's our fault that we said um, to the, de- like 
almost a weight that the devil puts on you until you sin. And then like that sin almost gets him off your back for a minute. Yeah. So, and, and so to, to choose the other way, it, it, it seems more difficult because it doesn't seem like it's going to stop until you do sometimes. That's been kind of my experience anyways. I mean, this just kind of, Paul just kind of wakes you up here. One thing I, I of note, I think in our discussion for today, now we're not going to get into a lot of details of the text simply because hopefully you'll hear a lot of them in the, in the sermon. But, um, but it, it just in general, I think it, this is not like an appendix to Ephesians. This is almost like the climax, really, in Ephesians. In other words, it's like he's talking to a lot of new believers. They didn't have a New Testament, these people. You know, they, they were pagan worshipers, and now they've become followers of Jesus. And so he's trying to explain what being a Christian is like. We just got done with, you know, these rules for you know, about walking in, in love in chapter 5 and about, uh, you know, what it means to um, not live these lives of sexual morality. Uh, we t- he also talked about, you know, people not being greedy. Uh, you know, basic things that you and I would already know about what it means to follow Jesus, but a lot of people w- would not when they're in a pagan culture. And all these things are normal, you know. Yeah. Like our culture, they're normal as well. Yeah, they but, are. But in Bible Belt, just to be honest, where we're at, we know, that, you know, what we and we've been raised. You, most of us who are listening to this probably, and you and I, have been raised to know what's what's good and what's bad yeah. when it comes I mean, to following it, it, Jesus. Yeah, and even then, I mean, you'd have a being around other people that follow Jesus. There is moral implications for for you know right. not acting correctly. But he even gets into specifics, you know, about yeah. about marriage relationships and work relationships like and 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 uh and so forth children and their parents but then he climaxes it with with do you understand that you're going to face opposition you know you're new christians and as soon as you start trying to do all these things as you're following jesus you're going to face opposition because you don't wrestle against flesh and blood and one thing that's really interesting about that passage 612 wrestle against flesh and blood uh that wrestle is a noun it's not a verb which is really interesting which basically means wrestling match mm. or fight it is an the, actual fight that does seem the tone of when whenever he says it it does definitely seem like more yeah. like i read it as a match more you're in a noun you're in a fight you know it's not about you fighting it but you're in a fight with these things and and it's all evil stuff. Rulers, well, authorities, I mean, all these things are evil, by the way. You're constantly in it. I mean, I think that earlier you were talking about Adam and Eve, and, you know, the, yeah. the, the serpent, the devil. Yeah, let's talk the about that. Temptation. Let me set you up with that. Because what does it mean? When it, because when we talk about spiritual warfare, he's, he uses it by saying, um, put on the whole armor of God uh, that you may, in I mean, he explains the armor, but may it be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Uh, and that word there is methods actually, but it's the same kind of thing. Plans. The fact that the devil actually plans how he's going to attack you. Yeah. What does that say to you? And give me some examples of like schemes of the devil nowadays. Yeah. So I think the devil, um, you know, the, the devil would tell you 99 truths to get you to believe one lie. Right. So it, <laughs> right. it, it, it's definitely slow. So I think the devil may incrementally, we're talking about spiritual warfare, you know, my experience is the devil gets you to commit that first sin. Well, then once you're comfortable with that first sin and you're constantly doing it over and over, have a repetitive sin, then it goes deeper. Then the temptation's mm-hmm. deeper because it's almost uh, uh, an indoctrination or a training 
to that sin. And so I think that that is the ultimate scheme of the devil is to get you to say, oh, this isn't so bad. And, and I, I equate sin now to, you know, the times where I'm going to sin, it's more or less I make excuses. Mm. This or that happened. Now the devil's in my head. You know, now it's okay to sin because something bad happened. And that's not really true. That, that, and so that's the biggest lie that I'm currently being told anyways. Yeah, we're really good at justifying. And, and it's like with Adam and Eve. I mean, the first sin was, hey, that fruit looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in other words, his temptation was not... You know, if the devil was like the movies, it'd be a lot easier to, re, to avoid temptation. <laughs> in the sense of, you know what I mean? Like, it's so obvious what's good and what's evil. But schemes kind of, like, he's planning to get you, like you said, just to trap you. And and I guess one way I think he does that today is through, uh, uh, kind of seduces us, actually through distraction. Mm. You know, I I remember C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters talks about this a little bit with, this whole book is about, you know, a, a demon talking to his, writing back and forth with his demon uncle, He's giving him advice about how he's going to work on a particular person to get them away from God. And he said, and he basically says, you know, my, my guy is talking, starting to think about God. And he's like, you know, what do I, you know, what do I do? He said, well, don't, don't, don't tell him anything. Just distract him. You know, send the newspaper boy by, send the bus by, you know, just get him, get him, every time he starts to think about it, get him to think about something else. And boy, that's a scheme of the devil, isn't it? I mean, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You don't have time to pray. You don't have. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Yeah, it's it's. I think Paul was, you know, like I said, I think everything's kind of culminating in this chapter six. But uh, he gives he gives us several ways of what how God is, what God has done for us in order for us to have to be involved in this fight. And I think I think one important thing that comes out of this for me is. That this is about us standing our, you, know, you ever, you know, in Bible study, a lot of times I've talked about how I, I like to, in Bible study, when I'm first starting, like with our SOMA studies, uh, we read the scripture, and then we look at observations or questions, and we try to ascertain the meaning of the what the author intended, and then we apply it to our life. And I was thinking, like, um, when we go through observations, one of the first things I do is underline words that are repeating in the text, and circle words that are, are important, or However, you know, that words I want to find out more about. And when I was doing that, there's a couple of things that stuck out to me while I'm going through 10 through 24. And one of them that stuck out for me is the word stand. It's over and over. What, what do, why do you think that's repeated? I think that that's basically saying, like, hold your ground. You know, don't give in to the temptation, the schemes. So I think that that's probably the reason why. Yeah, hold your ground. Yeah, and what do you... You know, when you think of it in the military, you know, it's not like you're, it's not like you're charging forward. It's like you're defending yeah, you're something def- that's important. Defending the hill. Yeah. So I'm going to stand my ground, not let you. Because once you get over, once, once the enemy gets over that hill, then, then there's nothing to stop them, you know, type of thing. Yeah. And he gives a lot of really defensive type things. When you think about armor, it's about defending vital organs. <laughs> 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 like your heart, you know, <laughs> like the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Um, even the shoes actually were a little bit more than just shoes, you know, uh, that talks about this. Um, 
and we're going to get into, like I said, some of the details a little bit more in the sermon that you've heard. But what I, I guess what I'm, as you go through this, there's also kind of some offensive weapons. You know, it's defensive, but there's offensive weapons. And then he talks a lot about prayer, of course, like what you read there at the end. Um, which one of these stands out the most to you, Ty? I'm just kind of curious from a devotional standpoint, you know, like all these different uh, things he talks about with the armor of God. And is there one that kind of stands out the most to you as far as in your fight with the devil on a daily basis? Uh, so I'm going to, I hope I get it right. Cause I'm not reading. Um, That's right. You get the belt of truth, belt of truth at the helmet of salvation. Yeah. You I, get I, the, I'm, I'm gra- glad I said that. Uh, so I would say the belt of truth because I, I come with, you know, we, we talked about the reasons for sin with the devil. The devil's lying to you, right? Like that's his scheme is to tell you a lie to get you to sin. Like that's the whole scheme. So the belt of truth would stand out because that's what we're looking for. Yeah. It's, and it's amazing how a lot of times the way you know that which is false is by knowing the truth really well, you know? So it's like you, I've had, how do you know? I've had, I've had people ask me this question quite a bit. How do you know? When, how to discern the voices in your head, you know, <laughs> testing the spirits, as John says, you know, how, how do you do that? Like, um, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions on that? Uh, use your belt of truth. Refer- <laughs> reference, yeah. ref- reference the gospels, honestly. Know the uh, word. Yeah, know yeah. the word. Because, well, I mean, Jesus is the truth. So, you know, I would reference the gospels. You want to, you want to see if it stands up to, um, you know, and just the fact that you're thinking about it enough to stop, to pause, and to get into scripture about it would show a level of, of, of spiritual maturity that, like, even if you did end up becoming wrong at that point in time and you got it wrong, say, at least you're there. I mean, you're that that's a that's a big step. Yeah, that's good. I think for, I think the devil uses some. His voice sounds. I mean, you can discern his voice. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There are, and I know one of the things I think people wrestle with an awful lot um, when it comes to spiritual warfare is is how he will use certain things that happen in your life that get you down to say that, hey, see, you're not worthy to fight right now. You're down and out. You've got all sorts of excuses. These are good excuses as to why you shouldn't do the things that God has called you to do. And I remember just talking to some friends, you know, not too long ago who made some decisions like, Hey, I want to, I want to do this for God. And they were real fired up. Then like the next week lost their job and, or had a sickness problem or internal family problem, or you see what I'm saying? Right. It's like, that's the way the devil. And then there, and a couple of them were like, I'm not sure I can do this now within a, within a week's time. It's like, and I said, no, this is now's the time to stand, you know, because don't you see you're getting attacked. I think a lot of times you get attacked, don't even know it because you're just, you think it's just life, you know, and, and there is life happens to everybody, but it's about how, what do you do with it? You know what I mean? Like the voice that you hear, oh, you, you know, maybe you should just give up on that idea of serving or give up on that idea of, you know, acting like Jesus to somebody or <laughs> just give up on that idea. Yeah, it's it's more comfortable to not do what you're supposed to do. What's the biggest temptation for you? I'm just throwing that out there. 
I know, mean, and, and, and I know that puts you on the spot. <laughs> and you don't have to give me number one. If you want to give me number two, that's fine. But I think you can know, I give you number seventeen? Yes, yeah, number seventeen. Seventeen A or B. That should say a lot that there is seventeen. <laughs> um, I would say just in general, doing the right thing. Like you know, I mean, we all know what the right thing to do is in most moments. Now, there's some moments where we don't. It's difficult decisions, things like that. Um, but doing the the things that we know are right. Doing those um, and not doing the wrong thing just because it's easier or it benefits us in some way. No, that's really good. It's it's tough. I mean, it's we're human. You know, we're people and we're in we are in a fight against things we don't even understand. You know, well, I think the one thing for me is um Revelation talks about how Satan accused the saints before the throne basically for, you know, a long time. <laughs> And that's what he does. He, an adversary, Satan means adversary. So it's, he's an accuser. And I think I hear that a lot in my life. I hear a lot of voices in my head accusing me of all the things I keep doing wrong. Mm. You know, and, and, I, and it's true. There's truth to it, you know, because I am a sinner, you know. So there's truth to it. But God doesn't work that way. Like once he forgives, he's, he doesn't stand in your head and accuse you. I think a lot of times we mix up the voice of the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit does convict. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but when you've already confessed to God uh, and you're hanging on to this old sin or this old accusation, that's not from the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Bible talks about how once he forgives, it's removed from you as far as the east is from the west. You know, so yeah, God, God forgets it. Yeah. And I think we tend, we tend to hold on to things. Um, and they cause us to be bitter. They cause us to be unforgiving. And the devil loves that, you know, because, and I, so I, I wrestle with that. I think I'm an idiot all the time, <laughs> you know, and I am, <laughs> but I, but I mean, I think about it all the time and to the point of where I think it stifles me or paralyzes me from doing that, which God has called us to. Now, you know, this is some really strong language about spiritual warfare, um, and what are some answers for it? You know, we, we know about putting on the armor of God, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more extensively in the sermon, so I just don't want to beat that drum too much. Uh, but there are other, some, some other things he says, like uh, what's vitally important for a Christian when it comes to spiritual warfare, Ty? Uh, well, I mean, we, we talked about defense. Also, offense is oh, going back to... Um, what he's referencing and uh, yeah, what is the offense? Well, I mean, he he, he references a lot of things like flaming darts uh, to the evil one. Yeah, I got a shield, the shield to block those. Yeah, which is defensive. Defense. Yeah. So I mean, but then I you think got the, the offensive you got the we- sword. Yeah, I think the off. Yeah, the sword. I think the offensive west weapon is more in the last section. I mean, whenever he's talking about the gospel, I mean, mm. Jesus said mm. it to all of the disciples to mm. proclaim the gospel, called us to proclaim the gospels, and I think that that's what he's actually doing here. So that's that's part of me why I keep on saying let's reference back to gospel because that's what he's called to do, that's what he's doing, and that's what we should be doing as well. No, that's really good. I think that's so true. How is the gospel an offensive weapon? Yeah, I mean, you talked about, we talked about the belt. I guess you could say defensive, too. but No, it, I mean, I think it is offensive. Yeah. In a, not offensive, but offensive. offensive. And, and how is that? Do you know? I mean, can you kind of... So when you're talking about the truth, like, I mean, that would be, 
that would be the silver bullet, right? Like that would mm-hmm. be the one weapon that you would have. If you can cut through the, de- the lies the devil is telling, that would definitely be an offensive weapon. Yeah, and the devil's already, the gospel is a story too of how the devil's already been beat. You know, the victory of Jesus. You know, there are times, I think sometimes is some of the most practical advice that we can give Christians, give us, you know, we can learn from this and understanding that we're in a fight all the time is that when you feel down or you feel in, you're under temptation or you feel under attack, that you need to say the name Jesus, that you need to proclaim the gospel as truth against the devil. Um, what is it, you know, uh, Peter says, resist the devil and he will flee. You know, so, so there's hope in the fact that he, he's already won and he's going to win in us. But I, I do think we get overwhelmed to the point the spiritual warfare gets so bad in our lives, we just kind of give in think that we just can't we can't win but he's already won so maybe one of the practical like i said the practical advice would be do you ever when you're going through the hardest temptations or hardest times do you ever speak the name of jesus like literally so i've had to do that sometimes just out loud i mean it's it's more it's it's in general when i fail and i do sin right um that's that's also uh you know obviously we want to win but um when I do sin, then, you know, Father God, forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus Christ. Like almost instantly mm-hmm. realize that it was a sin and ask for that forgiveness almost instantly. And then, you know, um, come running back. What does that do for you in the moment? Uh, a sense of relief. It, it really helps with, uh, you talked about being down. Like a lot of people will sin, you know, hey, I'm stupid. Hey, I sinned again. Look at me. I can't get anything right. All of those sorts of things. So it doesn't usually take all of it away but it, but it helps with that realization of like hey even when i screw up yeah you know, s- still there still there for me that's really good you know I, it's interesting peter when he says resist the devil um it's an active resistance like resisting arrest that's you know the verb there is very active so it's like you have to do something like so for me it's sometimes i just flat out devil get away from me mm. sometimes i say it out loud Get behind I'm going to resist, you know, I don't do that all the time. Don't get me wrong, because I fall prey uh, to his traps. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're in a definite world now. One thing I want to make clear uh, as we tie this up today, Ty, is I don't think that this battle, this spiritual uh, battle, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'm going to tie, I'm going to say something, we're going to tie it up, and I'm going to read this last passage, and we'll be done. But uh, I don't think that, that Paul is saying that we should be fighting like this against people. This isn't just, or even culture. You know, I know our culture is evil. It goes without saying. It's not, no one is surprised when we talk about our culture being evil uh, because they're not following Jesus. So it is. But the answer is the gospel. You know, the answer is not just fighting back culturally or calling people names because we're not fighting against people, not against flesh and blood. We need to realize who our enemy really is. Hey, um, at the end of Ephesians, let's read this. So that you may know, this is what Paul says, how I am and what I'm doing. Tychius, the beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love from the faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus with love incorruptible. I'm going to say a little bit more about that on Sunday. But what I would like to say is this, is that our prayer for you is the same as Paul's prayer 
for the people in Ephesians. We pray that grace be with all of you who love Jesus Christ. And we pray that, that there will be peace on you and your family, uh, love from faith from God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I, that's our same prayer for you. Hey, thanks for listening. Ty, thanks for jumping in and being yeah. me out. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs>